Pronunciation. Pronunciation. Hello again. For this episode of our Pronunciation Pro podcast, we are going to do a summary of the Pro Book Club meeting that we do with our students here at Pronunciation Pro. So what that is, is every other month, I get together with my students who are members of the Pronunciation Pro online training program, and we choose a book that we all listen to or read. So the month or two months prior to the meeting, we all get a copy of the book, we all either listen to it on audio book or read it, and we get together for a book club meeting and we discuss the book. I usually come with an outline of the book so that for those who maybe didn't read it all or didn't get to reading it, that there's still a great discussion of the book that we can have together. But what is great is for those who have read the book, it gives an opportunity for us to discuss it. And I've found and research has shown that When you have an experience with something that you've learned, say you've read a book or you've learned some information, and then you have an experience with it, that experience deepens the learning and helps you apply those concepts even more. So what makes the biggest difference when it comes to learning is what are you applying in your life based on what you're learning? And this is a big topic that I talk about in my program because I don't want just to feed you information. I want you to be applying the information so that we can get you to a deeper place of learning and growth and improvement, things that are actually going to make a big difference in your life. I want you to experience change. I want you to experience growth. Those are all very important if you're going to find the success and accomplish the dreams and goals that you have for your life. It's in the application of your learning process that these changes are actually going to make a difference in your life. So I want that for you. So the way I've designed these book club meetings is that we have a chance to learn information from a book and then we have a chance to discuss them, to really have an experience with them And then our students apply them and then we have a place on our website where we come back and we have an opportunity to um, have accountability for what you've done. So on our comment section underneath this book club meeting section of the website, we have the opportunity to check back in and say, hey, I've been applying this. Here's how I'm applying it. Here's how it's changing my life. And it's very motivating to see other people doing this and is an opportunity for all of our students to apply these things and have the support of a community that will help them learn and grow in these concepts. All right. So with this book club meeting, um, we the discussion is really great. We have a great opportunity to meet and discuss the topics, to share our own experiences with these concepts. Now the books are not always related to English language development directly, but they are often concepts that help you deepen your learning of the English language. It gives you opportunity to practice 
vocabulary and expand your vocabulary, expand your ability to discuss topics on a a wider variety of vocabulary words and topics and concepts. And it gives you an opportunity to practice communication within a group setting. There's so many benefits to this book club meeting that we've been doing it for, gosh, four years, five years now. We've read many, many books, and it has been such a benefit for our students. So I invite you to come join us for the next Bro Book Club meeting. Our next one is May 19th, 2022, and we'll be discussing the book Crucial Conversations. It's going to be a great discussion. Okay, so back to the book club topic for today. And the book that we discussed this month is called Deep Work by Cal Newport. Okay, so Deep Work. I'm going to go through and talk about this concept of deep work. There's probably going to be new vocabulary words that I'm going to say during this. I will try to really explain and discuss some of these concepts in a way that will help you expand your vocabulary in English to include some of these topics and these concepts that you're learning through this discussion and through this book club summary. So deep work, let's talk about what deep work is. So in this book, he talks about deep work versus shallow work. Deep work, and the definition that he gives of deep work is activities performed in a state of distraction-free concentration that push your cognitive ability to their limit. These efforts create new value. They improve your skill and are hard to replicate. Now, that means that not everyone can do it. It's not something that you can just hire someone to easily do this deep work. It's something that really is going to need to come from you because you have the skill, the expertise, the education, the experience, whatever it is that you bring value to in your work setting, in your life. This deep work is really you going deep in that area that you do best. Now, this part of distraction-free concentration that pushes your cognitive limits Now, distraction-free just means that you don't have anything that's distracting you from this one thing that you're working on. We live in a time where there's a lot of distraction. Most of it comes from our phones with all of the social media, with all the notifications, with the things that we're being bombarded with on a daily basis. And just our attention span is getting shorter and shorter. Our ability to focus is getting shorter and shorter. So what he is talking about here in this book is that we need to get better at focusing. We need to get better at deepening our ability to focus on one thing for an extended period of time so that we can create more value in the world. So in contrast, shallow work is non-cognitive demanding logical style tasks often performed while distracted. These efforts tend not to create much new value in the world and are easy to replicate. So these are things like returning emails and answering phone calls and having these little short, shallow conversations throughout the day. 
where it's distracting you from getting deep into one project or something that's going to create higher value. Now, shallow work is where most of us spend most of our day. So what he's saying is how do we get into that state of deep work on any given day so that we can create more value in the world? Now, the whole point of this book really is summarized in this quote from Cal Newport. It says, the ability to perform deep work is becoming increasingly rare at exactly the same time it is becoming increasingly valuable in our economy. As a consequence, the few who cultivate this skill and then make it the core of their working life will thrive. So this is why we chose this book because I really want you to be able to thrive in your life. I want you to have the ability and the skills to thrive in your life, in your career, whatever it is that you're really seeking to do in your life. I want you to have that ability to do it. And so in our world right now, it's very rare for people to have that deep focus that they can do for an extended period of time. Most people in this world have very short attention spans, very short periods of focus. So if you have the ability to focus longer, then you're going to do better in our world today. It's going to be more lucrative for you. You're going to make more money. You're going to have more opportunities. And you're going to do better in your career if you have this ability to focus and go deeper. So let's talk about some of the benefits of this. Why should we even go deeper in our work? Cal talks about deep work causes your brain to experience greater satisfaction with the day. So I'm sure you can think of certain days where you feel like you're just doing busy work all day. You're not really getting a lot done, but you're, you're busy. You're doing a lot, but you get to the end of the day and you think, well, what did I accomplish today? What did I really get done? And that busy work is what he terms shallow work. Now, in contrast, if we spend our day on deep work, this is more productive work. You get to the end of the day when you've done deep work and there's a greater satisfaction from that day. A lot of the reason that he talks about is there's meaning and purpose to going deep. When you go deep, you really find that deep sense of purpose and meaning in the work that you're doing. And you feel very connected to that purpose through that deep work. So there's a lot of satisfaction from that. He also talks about, as far as a benefit goes, that what we choose to focus on and what we choose to ignore is significant to the quality of our lives. So if we train our brain to be able to focus on specific things that we really want to focus on and we want our brains to be focused on, then we're going to be happier. We're going to have more satisfaction in our life. For example, if you can train your brain to focus on more positive things versus negative things, you're going to find greater satisfaction there. And one concept that from this book that a lot of my students really loved was just this concept that it's not that people are born with either the ability to go and do deep work or shallow work. 
it's something that's trained. Just like your muscles are trained to get stronger and stronger when you exercise, your brain can be trained to focus deeper and longer the more you practice it. And you can train your brain to focus on the things you really want it to focus on. So another concept or benefit is that when you lose focus, your mind tends to fix on what could be wrong with your life instead of what's right. So that's another example of that training your brain for the positive versus the negative, is that when we lose focus, our brain's natural reaction is to look at what's wrong with your life or your situation. But when you train it to focus on maybe a deeper project or a purposeful project, your mind is really going to set on that. So here's one powerful example that he gave in the book is that he was talking about a woman that was going through cancer treatment. And he said that as she was doing this cancer treatment, she decided that she was going to dive into a project in her career and that she was going to really focus in on this project that had a lot of deep meaning for her at the same time that she was doing this cancer treatment. So it really helped her to not just be focused on the discomfort of the cancer treatment, but be able to really train her mind to be solving problems and fixated on this other project that was deeply meaningful for her. So I had just read this part of the book and I have a friend who is actually going through cancer treatment and I went to go visit with her this last week and we were sitting down and talking through the process of her cancer treatment. She was getting daily chemotherapy and radiation treatments and it's a very aggressive treatment that she's going through. So we were talking about it and she was talking about how uncomfortable it is and that it's going to get increasingly uncomfortable as she continues through the treatment. And so this part of the book popped up in my mind and I told her about it. I said, well, is there a project, something that you could get excited about that you could be working on at the same time as you're doing this cancer treatment. And she said, oh yeah, that's a great idea. I really do need to focus on something more positive as I'm doing this because I could really drive myself crazy just focusing on the, the treatment and how painful it is and how uncomfortable each step is. So we sat there and talked through like, well, what would be a fun project to do? And she said, well, I, would, I love to build, so building something would be really great. And it would be kind of cool because she has five kids and she said that that would be kind of a cool thing for her kids to be able to see her doing this project during this time that is really kind of a little bit scary for everyone as she's going through this treatment and be able to have this project that they're working on together or that she's working on and then it can become her cancer treatment project. Whatever she ends up building for her house, their family will always have that piece of furniture or whatever it is that she decides to build. And this was such a great example to me of the power of the mind, what we can do in our situations. We can't always control that we got cancer or that we're having to go through cancer treatment, but we can choose how we react to it. We can choose to focus on what's going wrong in our life or we can choose to focus on something good or something 
that we really care deeply about. So very meaningful and something that I was glad to be able to have read that before talking to my friend. Another benefit is that being in the flow, and he talks about the flow, and I don't know if you have heard about this concept, but the flow was basically when you get into a project and you lose track of time. It's so deeply enjoyable to you that you can spend hours and hours on this certain project and the time goes by so fast. So when you get into that flow, it really feels very good. It's very satisfying to get into the flow of whatever you're doing. And and he talks about being in the flow creates more satisfaction than actually just regular relaxation activities really do for you. So things like watching television or just hanging out or sleeping more, you're going to get more satisfaction by being engaged in a deep project or a deep work project than you are at relaxing. Now there's still always time for relaxing, but studies have shown that that relaxation time is not nearly as satisfying as some of this deep work can be. All right, so at this point, I just want you to think about how have you trained your brain so far? What is your current capacity to focus? How long can you focus on one specific task without getting distracted or without losing that focus? Do you see yourself getting distracted frequently? I know I do. (laughs) In reading this book, I recognized that my ability to concentrate for longer periods of time had decreased from just even a few years ago that as I was practicing this deep work with some specific projects, I was finding this urge to check my phone or to go get something to eat or to take a nap (laughs) where my brain was not comfortable with focusing so intently for long periods of time. So the whole point is how can we retrain our brains if we have this or shallow ability to focus, how can we train our brains to focus longer? Well, let's go into what he calls deliberate practice. And deliberate practice is a concept that I keep running into and I love the concept. In this book, here is the definition that he brings. There's kind of two parts to it. The first is, number one, your attention is focused tightly on a specific skill you're trying to improve or an idea you're trying to master. So you have that tight attention on one specific thing that you're doing. The second part of this is that you receive feedback so you can correct your approach to keep your attention exactly where it's most productive. All right. So you have tight focus and you're getting feedback to make sure that you're working on the right thing. Now we do a lot of deliberate practice in my program, Pronunciation Pro Online Training Program. Now I talk about this practice with my students of just reading out loud for two minutes every single day. Just two minutes, and you can do it longer, but I say everyone can make two minutes work in their day. So reading out loud and doing deliberate practice. You're focusing on slowing down, moving your mouth, speaking up, and any specific target sounds that you might be learning through the Pronunciation Pro course, like the TH sound or the L or the R, or maybe some vowels, whatever it is that you specifically need to work on, 
and you're concentrated on, to do that deliberate practice every single day is going to make such a big difference. Also, in my program, we have study groups every week, which is basically you come to a study group and you get feedback from an American accent trainer so that you know exactly the most productive way of using your time as you're practicing your pronunciation. So that feedback is really important. And we also offer more one-on-one trainings through our Plus and Premier memberships. Plus membership, you can send recordings to a trainer throughout the program and get feedback from that trainer via recording. And with the Premier package, you get one-on-one live lessons every week. So 12 one-on-one live lessons. And so that feedback becomes very, very helpful in being able to help you progress faster as you're doing this deliberate practice, okay? So that deliberate practice has those two parts. You have to really pay attention and focus tightly and you have to get feedback. So as you are getting into this deep work, that's really what we're talking about is deliberate practice in focusing on one specific task. Now, this deliberate practice, this is where it got really cool for me in the book, is that he started talking about some neuroscience that went along with deep work and deliberate practice. He said that this practice, deliberate practice, creates more myelin around relevant neurons at a faster rate. So myelin is what's created around neurons as You focus on one specific thing. So the quote from Cal in this book says, this new science of performance argues that you get better at a skill as you develop more myelin around the relevant neurons, allowing the corresponding circuit to fire more effortlessly and effectively. To be great at something is to be well myelinated. Okay, so think about these neurons, these connections in your brain. When you do a specific task, you're firing those neurons. As you do it over and over again, you're creating myelin around those neurons, which just allows that circuit to fire more effortlessly and effectively. So it's just going to be faster and easier the more practice and the more myelin you get around those neurons and around those pathways. And so I get thinking about pronunciation in terms of this myelination. That's really what we're doing is in deliberate practice, when you read out loud for two minutes every day, what you're doing is you're you're strengthening that myelin around those neurons. You're able to practice and get better and better at this skill and it becomes more effortless and effective. So let's take the TH sound, for example. The TH sound in American English is very awkward and uncomfortable for most of my students because it is not a sound that is probably in your native tongue and it is awkward. You have your tongue outside of your teeth and there's that movement, but it's just really quite uncomfortable. So it's tough. It's really a a difficult sound to master. So in my program, we talk about the TH sound right away in module two, and I have my students practicing it regularly. So if you read out loud, practicing that TH sound regularly in the correct position, and you're doing that for two minutes every day, reading out loud, what happens is by weeks five, six, seven, eight, nine, you know, as you keep going through the program and you keep consistently doing that practice, 
that TH sound becomes totally normal and natural for you to the point where you're like, oh yeah, I'm just doing it the right way now without even having to think about it. And it's really fun to see my students get to that point where they really have trained that sound. Those neurons are firing so effortlessly without them really noticing. Okay, so it's very real what's happening in your brain. We're literally changing the science of your brain when you do this deliberate practice, when you really go deep into this work. Now, I want you to think of some examples of some skills that you've developed in your life as you've done deliberate practice or deep work on something. So I know you've done this before. It's just a matter of remembering that. What are some skills that you really have had to work on and be consistent and just remember how great that feels when you master something that you've worked on for so long. There's such a satisfaction there and that motivation to do some of this hard work may come from remembering times that you have done the work and mastered something and just how great it feels. I had one student during our book club meeting that said that she was listening to and reading the book at the same time just to increase that learning of having the visual and that auditory input as she was reading. And she said at first she would fall asleep after a reading of just a few pages that her focus was not that great. Her brain kind of wanted to shut down. So she kept falling asleep. But the more that she did it and she more that she kept doing this practice and reading, she noticed that she stopped falling asleep so much and that she was able to increase that focus time as she was practicing. So this is a great example of that deliberate practice and how you can train your brain to focus for longer periods of time in deeper way. So another question for you is how can you use deliberate practice to improve your spoken English? So again, I've talked about the two minute a day rule, but it's really about deliberate practice focusing in every single day and making a point of retraining those sounds of American English, the rhythm of American English through deliberate practice. So it's not enough just to be talking in English and conversing in English every day. You're not going to improve that way. I have many students who said, oh, I've been in the U.S. for 10, 20 years, and I still haven't improved my American English accent. I'm still making a lot of the same mistakes as I was 20 years ago. And that is because there hasn't been deliberate practice. Now let's talk about some of the rules of deep work. So number one is work deeply. Add routines and rituals designed to minimize the amount of willpower, which is very limited, to get into a state of unbroken attention. So we have to eliminate some of the distractions that are keeping us from going into deep work. That can be being very proactive and conscious about your social media, your notifications, maybe putting your phone away, making sure that you are not in a space where you're going to be interrupted by other people frequently, things like that. Decide the rules and processes of how you will work. Are you going to set aside a certain amount of time every day? Most people can only go into deep work about one to four hours a day. So don't expect yourself to do much more than that, especially at first. Your level of focus is going to be different than other people. So you have to take where you currently are and say, how can I increase that level of focus? You know, focus on what's wildly important. Okay, get your priorities straight as to what really matters 
in your day? What projects really need to get done? Do those first, focus deeply on those, and then you can start doing some of the shallow work or busy work, like returning emails or returning phone calls or some of these things that could distract you through the day. First do the deep work and then keep that shallow work for later on in the day when your willpower is lower. One thing that Cal Newport really talks about in his book is to have a strict endpoint to your workday. That that downtime after work is incredibly important for your brain to have a rest and to process and be ready for deep work the next day. Okay, so he has a specific routine that he follows at the end of his day and then actually says, shut down complete. He says it out loud once he's done with his workday. He says, shut down complete. And then the rest of the evening, he spends with his family. He does more relaxation. He does things that are not work-related so that his brain has time to rest in between. So another rule of deep work is to overcome your desire for distraction. You really need to reduce distractions and any friction keeping you from going deep. Now, everybody's environment is going to be different, so you'll have to really just get aware of what is it that's distracting you from going into doing deeper work and be really proactive and conscious especially about social media or your phone and the notifications that are coming through because that can really distract and it's designed I mean honestly social media is designed by psychologists who know how to distract you that's the whole point of it they're trying to get your attention in different ways. So when we can really be proactive and conscious about our use of social media and how much we're using it and when we're using it and why we're using it and which tools or apps we really need in our life, that's when we really gain that power over it so that we can use our time more deliberately in this deep work. Another rule is he references draining the shallows. So draining the shallows Basically just means let's let's really get rid of some of this busy work that we're doing so that we have more time for the deeper work. He says that, uh, you know, deep work is exhausting, so typically one to four hours per day. And a way of helping this is when you have fewer hours, you tend to spend them more wisely. So reducing your work hours and getting more focused on what really needs to be done can really help you be more productive during your work time. He says to schedule every minute of your day. So really getting very aware of your calendar, scheduling your time very strictly. But then within that, there's flexibility, right? Um, There's going to be some changes throughout the day and things, but going in with a proactive plan of how you're going to be using your day makes a huge difference in being able to regulate when you're going into deep work, when you're going to do shallow work, how you're going to use your time. And he says, identify the main high-level goals in both your professional and personal life. So list the two to three most important activities that really just need to get done to satisfy those goals and then fill in other things around that. All right, one more concept that he talks about in the book is called productive meditation. I thought this was a really great way to do deep work. He says, Productive meditation is using your unproductive time for deep thinking or solving a problem in your mind. So unproductive time means like commuting to work. You know, when you're driving to work or even showering 
or household chores, when you're getting ready for the day, going on a walk, things that you're actively doing that don't require a lot of brain power, but using that time to get into deep thinking where you're working on solving a specific problem during that time. I found in my life that this is a really effective way to get into some deep thought work. I find when I'm getting ready for the day that when I start thinking about a specific problem that needs to be solved or something that I can specifically direct my mind to, that that time is highly productive while I'm doing other things because my mind is focused on solving a problem. And when my mind is actively working on that problem, I tend to find a solution to it or at least have some ideas of things that I can try to solve the problem. Now you've probably found that this is the case too, that you have a certain time where you're exercising or showering or doing something that's really kind of mindless, but you find that that's a very good thinking time. (laughs) All right, so this concept of deep work, hopefully you can kind of get the feel of how important it is. Again, I'm going to read the quote by Cal Newport that says, the ability to perform deep work is becoming increasingly rare at exactly the same time it is becoming increasingly valuable in our economy. As a consequence, the few who cultivate this skill and then make it the core of their working life will thrive. So hopefully you'll take this concept and you will apply it. You'll look at your day and be proactive about the way you're using your time and think, okay, how can I go deeper and do more valuable work in my day by weeding out distractions, weeding out that shallow work, and focusing in on that deep, valuable work that that you specifically can do to add value to your life and to the world. Even if you just take this concept and do 1% better, just apply one little thing from this discussion and incorporate it into your life, that's going to make such a difference in your life. Don't just listen to this podcast and say, oh, that was great. I want you to consciously think, what is one thing I'm going to put into practice into my life today a habit I'm going to create today to get into deep work. Now, a recommendation that I'm going to give you if you're not already doing it is read out loud for two minutes every day, focused on slowing down, moving your mouth, speaking up, and maybe a specific target sound in American English that you can improve. Okay, So doing that deliberate practice, going deep into that focus work, And try to do it as long as you can. Maybe start with two minutes and if you can go longer and get that deeper work in, the more myelin you're going to create around those neurons and the easier it will be to speak English clearly and with greater confidence. Thank you so much for joining me today in this Pro Book Club discussion. If you want to join Pronunciation Pro and join our next book club meeting, we would love to have you. So go to pronunciationpro.com to join so we can discuss this next book together. All right, have a good one. Your voice is important and needs to be heard. If you're ready to speak English clearly and with greater confidence, I invite you to join me at pronunciationpro.com.